I'm Jason Baylor-Losh, and you're listening to Seeing is Forgetting, conversations on contemporary art and culture in Los Angeles and beyond. Today's guest is Nancy Stella Soto. If you're from Los Angeles, there is a good chance that you know who Nancy is, either from her very warm and generous personality or from her incredibly well-made and designed clothing. She is a clothing designer, and she is really good at what she does. So in the podcast, we go through how the entire process takes place from beginning to end, the designs into the making and the distribution. I wanted to know how she runs her business and makes it work. Thank you so much, Nancy, for uh, taking the time to come on the show. Here's Nancy. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's wonderful to finally get you in. That that wasn't like that wasn't a slight. <laughs> no, no, but um, you know, there's uh, some fear. For you, I deal with. Yes, I'm afraid of everything. No. Yes. You are one of the most gregarious people I think I know. <laughs> but see, I fooled you. That's what I do. Oh, is that yes, right? Yes. I remember. I think it must have been only the second time that I met you. I think we were at like Five Car Garage or something. Five Car Garage, for those who don't know, is a, a wonderful space here in town that uh, does shows. And it is what it it sounds like. It's yeah. Five Car Garage. In Santa Monica. Yeah, in Santa Monica. And uh, Max had work there and you came up and started talking to me. I think we talked for like 45 minutes or something. And you guys had just walked in. You didn't even say anything to anybody else right away. So it was very, I just thought, wow, what a very nice person. <laughs> I remember that. You do? I do. I remember that clearly because I thought, what a nice person. No. Yes. About yourself? Uh, no, about you. <laughs> <laughs> I never think that about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because you're a designer and a, what would the correct, you're a women's wear designer and you do, do everything from the designs, the patterning, the cuts, the, so, I mean, you make the entire thing. Yes, I'm a maker of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. But what strikes me about it, and we were talking about this, we had the pleasure of hanging out the other night at an opening, after the opening, and we got talking a little bit. They're, the works all seem very sculptural to me. Yeah, I guess so. I try to be honest with myself, and I like to make clothing that almost <laughs> feels like cardboard. Really? <laughs> but I know that not everyone is attracted to that. And so what, you mean looks like cardboard? No, no, just like, like shapes, just like um, you know, almost like something that can just stand on its own if you were to set it on the ground. Right. Right. Well, they they feel like objects. When, yeah. When yeah, yeah, yeah. I one of the really interesting things about the the collection and the years of the collection, I was fortunate enough you sent me the books from all the years, and I've seen it over the years here in LA anyway. Was that each they're very edgy in this functional way but they so like you'll have holes cut in i'm gonna do a very poor job of describing this they have cold holes cut in it but the sleeves are essentially non-functional right yeah so the sleeves just sort of hang to the sides or you can you explain it yeah i guess for some reason it 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 all started with the grid cut out 
Right. He evolved from that. So every... When, what year was it? 13 was the first time I did that grid cutout. So from then on, every season has just been a continuing, you know, like me trying to... So that was a starting point for yeah. the thought process. So yeah. for those people listening, what I, I guess I've seen the coats and there's shirts and there's been uh, pants as well, but they have squares. Yeah, they have square cutouts or there's um, like a slash and then like your leg is exposed, but when you're, as you're walking, it, it flaps. So then it's exposed and then not exposed. So it's, um, I like the idea of playing with like conceal and reveal. Well, you it know? seems like there's layers in there too. You have to yeah. have layers, otherwise you're exposed, right? You can choose to be exposed or not. That's up to you. You see, it's all about how how you decide to wear it. Like, you know, you don't have to wear anything underneath or you can uh, change it, you know. Have you actually seen anybody not wear anything underneath? Yes, someone that was trying something on and I... But it wasn't like out and about. <laughs> no, it wasn't out and about. <laughs> but I would love to see that, yes. You, how long have you been doing this? For myself... Independently owned. Independently owned, proper collection, not that long, maybe like seven seasons. So two seasons per year. But I'm, I think looking at your CV, you've been in this industry a long time. Yes. Doing it for other people. Um, you know, I feel like milling about, like falling out of love with like fast production. and. Okay. This is, I, I want to, if you don't mind, let's go into this. Let's. Talk totally. about like how this works for those who don't know me being one of them. Or, I, I know a little bit, but I guess maybe let's start with you're, you're from California. I'm from Los Angeles. I was born in East Los Angeles and I grew up in Highland Park and then later the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. So I kind of always had a chip on my shoulder that I was still here. Like it pissed you off? Yeah. I thought it was very boring of myself to still be here. Why'd you do it? Why'd you stay? Family? No, I love it now. Well, but I mean, originally, when you had your chip on your shoulder, you were here for a reason. I mean, yeah, I was working Financial. here. Financial. Yeah, sure. Everything. Um, yeah, it was convenient, I guess. If you could have left, would you have? I mean, I did leave for a little bit. You went to school, right? And then that's when I realized how much I loved, loved it here. Where'd you go? I went to London. And then after that, I went to India for a bit to, you Wait, know, learn. Wait, don't skip London. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'm like, tell me about London, though. What were you doing there? It was great. I did a, a graduate diploma program at Central St. Martin's. So this is after undergrad. Didn't really go to. Yeah. You yeah. didn't do undergrad? I mean, I did do undergrad, but I went to um, you a didn't trade graduate? school, a trade school here in Los Angeles. I went to L.A. Trade Tech. And then shortly after that. Was that like right after high school? Or yeah, it was straight doing? out of high school. It was straight out of high school. So it's a very technical school. And that's where I learned, you know, like pattern drafting, grading. So you knew you wanted to do this even then. It was like straight out. Yeah, 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 totally. Let's see. Should we start from the very beginning? Yes, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> my my mother, my earliest memories of um, being exposed to you know industrial machines and production and and just the making of a garment was um, when I was a child. My mother worked a sewing factory in downtown. It was a um, a leather jacket manufacturer. Like some random one. I think for their time they. They were bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. All made in made in Los Angeles, made in the U.S. And she she used to do all the finishes, so like buttonholes, handmade buttonholes, and you know, like special details and stuff. And I remember hanging out there. How old were you? I don't know, maybe three or four. Oh, like really little. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going there after like daycare, and I couldn't wait to jump on the sewing machines and learn how to you know master every single one. 
had started there. And you did? You yeah. started? No, I mean, not at that age, but... Well, how, how old were you when you started sewing? I wasn't that young. Was it high school or was no, it... No, no, junior, I feel like maybe junior high, I started making my own outfits. Maybe. So it was like functional, it wasn't yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, no, it was functional. Like, I can't find a gingham dress that looks like this, so I and would And you make already it. started making it. Did, yeah. Did it, did it look good? <laughs> I don't know. Well, to me, it looked amazing, right? <laughs> well, you got to see like old photos of this stuff. <laughs> but um, I used to spend a lot of my summers in Tijuana, and my my aunt. Did uh, you? You had family there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of family there, and my aunt would take me, to, you know, to the fabric shops, and we'd work on like sketches, and she showed me how to make quick patterns on the, newspaper. The fabric shops in Tijuana. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I still love getting, I have a soft spot for them. So I still get all of my notions there. Like what are notions? tailoring chalk, uh, pins and needles and all these little things yeah, that you use love, in yeah, yeah. your practice day yes, to day. So you go down to Tijuana and buy them from well, there? Well, no, I mean, I go visit my family and then Yeah, we go to but Fabric. like that's when you like pick the stuff up. That's, yeah, I love that's it. That's really sweet. <laughs> no, it's nice. There's something, I, I do it in the studio too. I have things, my dad is a carpenter. So like a lot of the tools and things I inherit from him. Or even even if it's like a little leather thing he's made me to like sharpen my knives. Well, of course. Yeah, they're very it's sort of precious. But it's little things nobody else would know. Yeah, exactly. God forbid I die and they throw it all away. I'd be like, <laughs> Oh my god, no. I guess I couldn't say that though. So you couldn't you, say that. I couldn't say it. So you say it now I and say then... it now. I'm like, I should label everything. <laughs> like a total schizo. You started doing that at a really young age. Yeah. And then you knew once you got out of high school you wanted to do something did you have any idea like you wanted like what was the what was the impetus of going to the trade school what did what did you think you were going to get out of it skills to do a day job yeah, skills to like make all of my wild fantasies come true no i mean just skills on like how to properly make a garment did you say. think you wanted to be a designer then or not yeah i knew i did i mean you know when i was really young i remember being in preschool and like cutting shapes out and pasting them on just saying to myself like I need to figure out how to do this for the rest of my life because it just made you happy yeah exactly yeah, just yeah. you know it was some there was so much joy in putting things together oh very therapeutic putting things yeah. together finding an order to things cutting shapes out to this day the studio is my calm spot yes right so right I, I I've been stressed out for the last like I come in here and I'm just I can calm down sort of find a peace right you're surrounded by well, this the, beauty and these things or that, potential right potential yeah i think that's more the thing and you're surrounded by these opportunities and the potential to sort of create something out of nothing and that idea of putting these things together sort of finding being the only one being able to find those patterns and know right. how it and then to hit it yeah yeah yeah, yeah something yeah. remarkable about yeah it, right? of course so this is exactly why i look at your pieces and i think like god they feel like sculptures to me they're, they're gorgeous i love them thank you Earlier, I said they're sort of edgy. It's sort of a weird way to describe them. I don't. No, I don't mind at all. But it's they seem very genuine. I guess. I try to do that. Yes, that's what I try to do. I try to be really? genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Maybe this sounds a little selfish, but really, I'm just making clothes for myself. Right. You and do what I want to wear, wear all the time. Yeah. What I want to wear, and if someone else likes it, then I'm. I appreciate that so much, and I'm so grateful. Well, but, it was nice meeting you the other night. You had pants on from the collection you had a top on from the collection yeah. as well too <laughs> yeah. i don't know by the way did you get my email i said hey are you selling those yet not yet i mean yes i am pre-sale it is all pre-sale yes right? so this is um 
we'll get into this in a yeah. little bit. Okay. I want to okay. learn how that works okay. as well too. So you get out of the trade school and you go to London. Do you apply? No, 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 no. I worked for like 10 years. Oh, doing what? So my first job was um, for a company in downtown and... Uh, this is the start of your chip on your shoulder. Yes. Why? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> so... So yes, that was my first job. Let's see, what what was I doing? I was I, I was a pattern cutter, um, but they were all very simple silhouettes, really. And it was just um, uh, they had already established like uh, good fits. So let's say um, they had a pair of trousers that were really good fits. So it was just maybe manipulating the shape a little, maybe flaring it out to create a bell bottom. Or so you were learning how to adjust things yeah, that were already I mean, existing but those were but yeah i mean i feel like i learned that at school but yeah so it wasn't it wasn't all that difficult yeah i guess uh i was in production and that's really where i learned my production skills i guess and what is what does that entail so for like let's say calculating yardage so first you have to oh right so you don't buy too much material exactly exactly and just in case you have to get enough just in case something goes wrong um oh because you can go back and like fix mm-hmm, yeah yeah, yeah. Especially if you're having something dyed or print, like if you're having oh, something printed or because dyed. then that's extra money on top of right, it. Right, exactly. And because you can't you have can them never, go back again. Right, because then the dye lots will be and different. And the colors won't match. Exactly. We always had this. This is so random, but uh, I used to be a manager at a Benjamin Moore store after I got out of college. <laughs> and one of the things. So you know the importance. Of well, the color matching, yeah. yes, but the batches that you get out mm-hmm. of. The, like they'll come in the five gallon containers and even right. the batches will be slightly different. Right. So what they have to do when they go into a large place and start using multiple, they have to cross cross mix all of the containers oh. so that they make sure that, and even when you're giving them multiple, so let's say you give them uh, 10 gallons, mm-hmm. like in single gallons or whatever you've got available, then they have to cross mix them into five gallon containers to make sure that everything is the same all the way across. Right. It's a, I assume this is much yes, like dyeing. Exactly, exactly. Dyeing the works yeah, as well too, yeah, right? Yeah. So where do you where do you get that done? What dyeing? Yeah, the dyeing. Oh, if you have to do a special. House. Oh, um, back then the the company that I worked for didn't really dye much. They they used to print a lot. They used to. They used to so print. where did you get the printing done? Here in town. Here in town, yeah, everything was local. So you could source everything in yeah, LA. Yeah, source everything in LA. Everything would uh, was sewn here. So also... which is pretty remarkable about LA. All that stuff's available. Yes, I know. And I don't think exactly. it's as available in New York anymore. No, it is. Is it, it as is. much as it used to be? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have a lot of friends that produce there. They do say it's very expensive. It's more expensive. Yeah. Yes, we we are very fortunate of being able to manufacture here with ease. If you're looking at cities in the United States and you're trying mm-hmm. to think of like where you're going to actually make garments, but also right. be in fashion and make work. Is it is it like the art world where it's either sort of New York or L.A. in a weird way? Like yeah, where there's I think out. So outliers like maybe Chicago, maybe San Francisco. I mean, you can do these things in some of these different regions, but to really pick up steam, you need to be in one of those metropolis like LA and New York. How does that work? I feel like you can work out of anywhere really and then just show your work. Produce a line, get it Produce to the line, place. Yeah, and just it's maybe where you choose to show it. Because here, well, as an artist, like you you need to be in the place where you can get studio for Right. That's true. That's very, yes. Yeah, is so that the same for no, fashion? No, it's because it work? I have to go to them. So let's say. You do. How right. does it work? You, okay. Let's just, I, I apologize. Let's start from the beginning <laughs> because instead of getting in the middle of it, like how does it, I guess maybe we should start from the beginning of like how the collection comes to fruition and then when, how you sell the collection. Okay. 
Does that? Yeah. And yeah, we can yeah. get like a full scope of like what how, what it entails. Is that boring though? I don't give a shit. <laughs> this is my show and I want to hear it. Okay. This is really interesting okay. to me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because you're, you're a producer of things and, well, you know. Well, anybody listening, hopefully they find this interesting too. Who gives a shit if they don't? A maker of things. Um, yeah. Okay. So okay. you come up, how, you have two a year. You have a. Yes, I have two a year. Fall and spring? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, autumn, or winter and spring, summer. And then there's pre-collections in between, but I won't touch that shit. Like I can't, I can what barely manage. What is a manage. pre-collection That's in like in between those seasons, you produce other, co- you produce two more collections. It's like a brunch. What the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't even like fathom. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, and you're a one man show. Right? I am. A one woman show. Yes, I am a one woman show. Thank a you. Show. I am. So start the collection. Okay. When, so, when do you start the concepts, I guess? Um, I should let you talk. Sorry. Well, this is this is where I'm very bad at managing my time because really, who doesn't love, uh, you know, to like play with their materials and their ideas and their concepts and and just evolve from there? But usually, I would say that's maybe fifteen percent of the job. Really? It's not. Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, it's not as much as like okay, maybe twenty. But okay, no so more than that. when do you? Is there in the fashion industry? Are there dates for that? Yes, exactly. That's why. Like, okay, so what are your drop dates for the two collections? So you decide what your ship dates are, but you're always, you know, racing against the clock because let's say I have a Japanese distributor and usually their dates are not flexible. So if I have to ship by a certain date, I have to, oh, they're, they're not fle- like I have to, DHL has to have them by that day. Okay, so is it, you're dealing you you're dealing with a production date, but also you're dealing with a design date, right? Because I mean, yes, to put exactly. the collection out and to exactly. show it so, so you, that people you can get distributors and like people who want to buy it, right? So usually that's going on at the same time. So I'm working on production and I'm designing the new collection at the same time. Can you give me an actual like time of year, like what dates? Are um, we talking about? let's see. Okay, what so months? September, early August is always a crazy month because that's shipping and design. So they want it in September for... No, I shipped it in August. You ship it in August so that they have it at the beginning of September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when does your design start for that collection? For that collection that shipped? Yeah. I showed that in February. So I really designed that in like, let's say December, January. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? How does that work? So you're that far ahead. Well, because you need time to sell it, right? You got to sell it. You got to sell it. it. You got to like, well, in my case, I email a bunch of people. I mean, email shops. I like, you know, try to set a few months behind on your, you show it and then you're going into the production of the selling like thereafter. Like that's a, that's a, that's a bit of time. Yeah. And this is the season that we're now is um, a shorter season. So I just showed the collection. Why is it a shorter season? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I just showed the collection last week, right? To where? um, I went to New York and I showed the collection there. Oh, how? And then I ship it. There's like fairs and stuff. Like 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 a a, booth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then so I show the collection. The collection gets shipped to Japan. They show the collection in Japan. Same thing, more booths? They do. Yeah, they do. So, and then they they show, uh, they, they try to get more orders. I'm trying to get orders. And then I have a deadline, right? So let's say my deadline. Once your orders are placed. Yes. Uh, so then I, I stop selling. I start working on the patterns, making all the additional sizes, perfecting the fit, ordering all the fabrics, dyeing, 
whatever, hoping and praying that the my favorite sewers are available because sometimes they're not, sometimes they're too busy. Okay, wait, so where do you have it sewn and put together? Here in L.A. And you have people that you know and work with yeah. often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a team of people they work with? Yeah, just... sometimes it's um one of my favorite sewers is just one lady. She's amazing. She has assistance when she's really busy, but it's just her. And she manages all yeah, of the, the team. Yeah, she's so great. So you can tell... You know what her her quantity is, essentially. Exactly. So exactly. you say, you know how many pieces. So let's give me an example. Like how many pieces can you give this one person with a team to like before you max her out? Um, how many did I give her? So I have like my favorite coat guy, jacket guy that also oh. does trousers. So I'll split it. Right. Oh, so, so I'll you do... know the people who do better. Yeah, at the individual yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that have like specialized machine like you know, certain buttonhole machines or a bar tack or whatever. Because they don't all have the right, right machines because yeah. it's money invested. Yeah. And maybe they don't sew that kind of do you, garment. Do you have all these machines? No. Because when you're putting together like your initial clothes that you go to sell, how are you getting them? You're going to these people and having them make them off of your patterns? No, I make my own uh, samples. So what are you doing if you don't have that equipment? I just go to them and I'll say, can you please add this but, detail or But whatever. it's like a rare thing that you wouldn't be able to do it at home or how does that... Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually, like, and and I, I feel like that's that's why I like sewing my own samples too, because I, you know, I guess I can foresee what can go wrong in production right. or what how I complicated can, can, it's yeah, going to exactly. be. And if like, you, yeah. So, what would be a complication, like a undercut of something, like maybe a, like a detail, like a a detail that can be tricky or a detail that can get overlooked when, or something. When you talk details, do you mean like where your, your corners are meeting and like, how yeah, does that? Yeah. Yeah. It could be anything. This and is so many questions. I, f I find that a, <laughs> like a really good sewer, an amazing sewer will always have a suggestion of how to do something better. Which, oh, because which they've is been what doing I look it forever. For. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, this would look so much better and it'll be It'll, so how does that, so maybe, okay. But not so, all sewers are like that. No, but you know them now. Yes. So you know when you walk into a sewer and you got to trust them too. Yes, yes. So what There's happens, trust. In, in this case though, you're, you've been sewing this stuff at home and then you bring it to production. <laughs> yes. And then they could be like, well, actually, you know, this, this detail could be done better if you did this. Yes. So it changes the look of it a little bit, mm. no? Or just how it's manufactured. No, no, just, let's say just the way it's going to be sewn. Just the way it's going to be yeah. sewn and how that, so when you're in, when you're selling, your people are obviously picking up these, this clothing and looking at it and looking at the sew patterns and everything else on there, right? I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah, well, you would yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. So are they going to notice that it's a different pattern if it, they are like a different? No, because if. If it works, they don't give a shit? Yeah, I, I guess. No, I. I mean, these are a lot of details. Right. I mean, but I'm just, I'm curious. I don't think they're, I don't think they'll be noticeable to like. The person, Someone that wasn't a purchaser. as close, yeah, that close to it. Yeah, right. because they're not making it, they're purchasing right. it. So, and if it doesn't do anything to the, the but, piece, right, 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 as a whole, then it doesn't matter right. to them. And usually, if I want to make a change, it'll be to improve it. So, right, in money or in just strength or whatever, right? Is going yeah. To be. yeah, yeah. So, when you go to these sales, and yeah, this is, I'm so sorry, these are so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you can you believe I have all these questions about this? <laughs> ask away, ask away. <laughs> um, so, when you go to a uh, when you go to a sale and you're like you're in Japan or here. Mm -hmm. Do you have a price per unit figured out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. Right? You have to, right? That's where. Um, yeah, you you have to do all of that before you even 
show it. You, you know, you have to calculate like your zipper, your. This is that production stuff we're exactly, talking about. Exactly, exactly. Sewing cost. What is it going to cost to sew? Cutting costs. What's a cutting cost different from a sew? So, oh, that's a separate. That's like a, a separate. That's a separate line item. Oh yeah, you have to take it to the cutter. So, okay, so. Oh, I didn't know this. Yes. Okay, I'll let you talk. Tell me. <laughs> okay. Okay, I apologize. This is really boring, but okay. So let's say you have I have this pair of trousers or a dress. Let's say or a shirt. Okay, shirt. It's simple, right? So I have this shirt, and let's say um, I sold 100 units of the shirt. Now I have to calculate how much. How many yards does one item take, right? Right. And then times that by whatever it is that I sold. If there's damages, I have to calculate if there's a damage in the fabric. If I want to have extras because it sold well, so I want to have extras so I can sell a little more, right? So I have to calculate all of that. And then I have to grade it. So I have to make all the additional sizes. So my sample sizes are usually mediums. So now I have to grade down to a small and an extra small and then a large. How many do you do of each? That depends. How many who's were sold? Buying? Yeah. Like who's so, uh, yeah. Like, and sometimes I'd say like smalls and mediums are my most popular sizes. I would assume, right? Yeah. And my sizing is very generous. I like to think it's very generous because I, I like loose clothing. Would the people you're selling to be like boutique places? Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. So if it's a boutique place, how many pieces are they buying at a time? Like 10? It depends. Um, usually less than 10. Um, they got to get multiple sizes. So maybe yeah, they'll they get, get like three mediums and two smalls yeah. and like a large. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. they have a, a splash of all of it. Right. And then sometimes you have to like maybe predict uh, since this sold well, they might want more. So maybe I'll make a little more and later. And have those on reserve? Just in case, you know, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get emails. Sometimes uh, someone sees something at a store and they're like, do you have that? You know, so... If I'm already producing it, I may as well, you know, because it's, it's so not, much work. Right. And to go back and make more of them later. It's not worth it. it you can't do it. No, I can't. Unless you're having a huge sale. Or something. <laughs> right. Yes. Unless, Unless Macy's someone... calls and is like, <laughs> give us, a, I have 300 stores. Well, <laughs> exactly. I, I have 150 now since I just closed 150. But... <laughs> <laughs> Department store jokes. Uh, well, see what happens when you don't manufacture in the uh, U.S. Production, the cut costs. You have cut costs. Okay. Oh, Somebody wait. else separate cuts it than the people who are sewing it? Yes. That's a separate a separate business. Like so, a completely different building. Mm-hmm, completely different business uh, building uh, location. So after, let's say, I've, I've made all the additional sizes, I have to make a marker, which is I trace out all the individual pieces of that garment so let's say two sleeves a front and a back the the rib whatever for each yeah. size i have to trace every single component that's intense yeah it's pretty intense does that like there's a lot of math in that <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot to make sure they, there's a lot of the same <laughs> well yeah also and you're trying to save as much fabric as possible because you don't want to be wasteful so it's like puzzle pieces really you have yeah. to like move them around <laughs> And it makes me nervous thinking and, about it. Well, it makes me nervous too because that's a lot of money. When I made my very first one of those, when I worked for this company, my very first job out of LA Trade Tech, I traced two left front pant legs. You mean instead of doing the pair, like the mirrored pair? So yeah. I traced two of one side and I got in <laughs> trouble for that. So I, I've learned my lesson early on. Yes. That's a good, I mean, the, the easiest way to figure these things out is to make the mistake to begin with. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but I also um I find I 
it helps it helps me be present because I have to be so present, you know, and be aware and really look at what I'm doing because that two of those pant legs always haunt me. Like they always come You're back always to always thinking ha- about it. Oh yeah, I'm always thinking you, you should get a fucking tattoo. <laughs> You get a tattoo of two left pant legs. (laughs) So then once once all of that is traced out and then you get your yield, so then you measure the long thing. So that marker is the width of the fabric, right? So you make that the width of the fabric you're going to cut and then the length can go on forever. Oh, because you just multiply it. It's a a repeating pattern. Right. So then you get your yields, right? You figure out, you divide by 36, whatever, you know, and then now you have your yardage. So now you know exactly how many yards you're going to need to cut that t-shirt. And then that's when I go with my little marker and my big roll of fabric, and then I take it to the cutter. Do you have a studio at home? Yeah. You do? Yeah, you should come over. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really fun. Okay, so you've got them all marked. You're bringing them in. I take it to the cutter. You take it to the cutter. Then after the cutter takes it, you take all that to... Mm -hmm. To the sewer. So are you doing these all at one? Are you doing like your... Yeah, the blouses, I do them all at once. Are you doing yeah, the pants? Yeah, yeah. You're doing all the I different do it items all at once. to yeah. get them. Yeah, just get them done. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, and then you bring them to the sewer. Is it the seamstress? Yeah, the sewer. Sewer. Yeah. Okay, you bring them to the sewer, and then they put it together, and then you have all these items. Oh, well, it's not that simple. Oh, it isn't. Why? There's a lot of crying in between. In what way? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> See, this is so interesting because I like everybody would think, oh, no, 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 no. No, I mean, That's I it. wish, I wish, puff, puff, just like that, right? And suddenly, like, ra- my rack of production is here and every item is perfect. Of course, and it I wouldn't can be that simple. No, no. So you have to quality control everything? Yes. So, and also, uh, I'm, I'm a very anxious person. And, That's so hard to believe. And I'm. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm always at the sewer, I'm checking everything. And usually, um, there's a few phone calls where I'm crying and I need support from what reason, like why, (laughs) because maybe what goes wrong, what could potentially go wrong? Oh, maybe in the dying, the fabric shrunk and now the, Oh, that happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shrunk more than it did when you made the sample. So like, Oh, oh my gosh. So now, and that fabric is no more. You bought and that's it all. That's a lot of fabric. So you're yes, like stuck. And you, yes. So next season. No, you're no, going no, to no. So a... you just have to figure out how to make it work. It's oh, like, really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, you can't like. Because you have too much money invested. You can't sit on it. Right. No. And then you have these orders owner. that are, you know, I don't, I don't want to like flake on these people that like supported well, don't me. You have, don't you have time to like re-dye and buy more fabric? And like, what if that, what if I bought all the fabric that's happened? Oh. There's just no more. There's, There's nothing no more. more Let's say I found this beautiful Italian wool, right? And I oh, bought it all. Oh, you bought it all out. And I bought, oh, and there's no more. Holy shit. Yeah, that happens. This is really tense. That, <laughs> that happens. Or suddenly all the left sleeves are missing from that t-shirt that you you so like lovingly and carefully made the marker for. Where do they go? I don't know, but that happens. Holy <laughs> shit. So what did you do? Uh, so, the, you know, this is where I'm like, oh, my God, big earthquake. Just come now. I'm ready. I'm ready for the big one. Come and take me. <laughs> Did you have the lefts made again? Were you able to do it? If there's fabric, sure, that's what you have to do. You have to you just like, make chase. it work. Basically, yeah. you figure out a way to make it yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yes. But it's um, so this original a very stressful two months of production. Yeah. And you're really busy. So what months are they? It's it's four months actually because it's two seasons. Right, right. And and sometimes the so sewing takes sometimes it takes longer than that's two gonna months. That's going to be your August. 
is that when that's busy or when is the production? Mm, what what did I start in June? June, July. Yeah, I started. Okay, so like in let's say May. Wait, June, July is for your fall collection for production. Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. But I started a little earlier. So for some reason, I consider production to be when it's out of my hands. So starting at the at the cutter. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right, but. But really, I'm I'm really working on production at home. Like I'm grading, I'm calculating fabrics. Okay. I'm going to the so house. vendor production to right. be more specific. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, right. Vendor so let's produce. say three months, three months production. Full production, yeah. two months vendor production. So a month of you at home working on your own. Um. Yeah. On patterns and okay. markers. And so after you figured out finally it's going to work, and you have your left sleeves again, <laughs> maybe. Yes. Or it's a whole new thing, and you don't have left sleeves on anything. What happens to the product then? Like, what are you, are you bringing it? Who's, how are you packaging it? What, what's happening for that distribution? Do you bring um, it home and do it? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I bring it home. Um, you know, well, but really I'm going to the sewer like every two days checking on production. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Yeah. You can't sit back. No. You gotta go and make sure it's going yeah, smoothly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like two months straight? Not two months straight. You, uh, let's say sewing. I like to give a little cushion so there's not too much rushing because then, yeah. It begins to look shitty when people can't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I try to do four, three to four weeks for sewing. And that's when you're Sometime, checking. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little faster than that. So you're basically a, a manager, a project mm, manager. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. managing your teams and hopping yeah. from the different people who are doing the pants or the coats. But, I, the- but that's why I have these two, um, two sewers that I really like. And I pay as much as I can. So that they keep they're a little more expensive. Yes, they're a little more expensive, but I think it's, I feel like, you know, I like to be fair. And I think it's money well spent because it's really buying You don't have to worry about to, it. Right. When exactly. you go cheap, sometimes it yeah, does yeah, yeah. not help. And yeah. it actually, it makes it worse. The and then I have to work twice. Pay yeah. people what they're fucking worth. Yeah, exactly. And it feels good. It feels good to, I mean. Well, your mom was there, right? Yeah. Your mom was in that position. Yeah, totally. And you. And she still is because she helps me. At is she all. really? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's she, lovely, though. Where she does repairs if, uh, you know. <laughs> That's nice. Does no. she? What does she think of your line? Like, um, what does she think of the clothes? Well, I, she's a mother. You know, I feel like. They don't quite get it. Not, well, no, I feel like. She says, everything you make is beautiful. So oh. that doesn't... My, does by it. the way, my mom doesn't say that. Oh, <laughs> see, I've always wanted constructive criticism from a parent. My mom is more of a practical criticism type person. <laughs> She's like, is that job... How's your health insurance? What, <laughs> you know, it's not like, how much are you selling that for? What are you getting? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like... No, she's very supportive. That's lovely. And like, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes I, I do want someone to tell me it's really ugly okay so here um to bring that your significant other is maximus lansky yes and that's how we know each other yes max. that's right we mentioned max earlier is max good at being constructive and criticism yeah yeah i bet he's probably really solid on that yeah he is i feel like the more he's aware of the process the more he appreciates it yeah yeah there's there's good there's Great constructive criticism. Here's a better question. Are you good at constructive criticism for Max? Yes. And I lo- <laughs> yes. Wait, wait. Would Max say that? <laughs> I think he would. I bet he would too. I bet he would too. So, no. So, I. You guys have been together a long time. Too, yes. Right? A long time. How long? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Okay. So, um, by the way, that's the same number you told me the other night. So, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> What's it uh, being with another artist? Like I, I can't imagine 
not being with someone that's creative because of, uh, you know, the setup we have. Which is? Like, okay, we're home. We have breakfast. We go to our studios. In individually head to yeah, studios. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. We call each other for lunch. We have lunch. We go back to our studios. And that really works for us if, you know, I was with someone that didn't work in that didn't mode. Didn't work in that mode, process. yeah. And yeah, this yeah. is also interesting. Both of you have both independently been able to sort of ramp down on having other jobs. Yeah. And do what you really love for a living and make money off of it and get by. Barely. Right. Okay. So what, as a, you, you stopped working for other people. Yeah, I did. I How did. long ago? Um, not that long ago. December, January, maybe January. So just this last yeah, year. Yeah, just this last year. Was it a tough choice? No, it was a. Necessity? It was a, an absolute necessity due to uh, the circumstances. With the uh, business? Or no, what? not with the business, but um, with my mother. Okay. So she couldn't live in her home anymore. It was deemed uninhabitable by the sheriff's department. I guess one of her neighbors uh, worried because they hadn't seen her in a long time. And then when they came in, they saw how bad her hoarding was. Oh, she's a hoarder. Yeah, it was really bad. And so I had to... You were aware, though. I was aware. It was really hard for me, so I would try not to go. Was it like that when you were a kid? No, it wasn't like that when I was a kid. So... I was a parentified child, so I kind of like took what care. Is, what do you mean? So I took care of that. Of your mom. Of and the house. Not not you, of my mother. My mother was um very responsible. She um she was later in her life she was a waitress. So, you know, she was she had like crazy uh she had crazy uh work hours. Um so yeah, so yeah, I would you know, I would go grocery shopping, I would take care of the house, but you I would managed. clean. Yeah, and I was an only child with a single parent. She uh, also was very depressed. So I feel like and she I was managed, raising you on her. On yeah, her own. she was raising me on my own. So I feel like that's. And, and then I guess when I moved out, that's kind of when it started was to hard. happen. Yeah, it was difficult. It was hard for her, and that's when it started to happen. So the they hoarding. went to the house and they saw the hoarding. Yeah, they saw the hoarding and they, they called me and they were like, You have to pick up your mother, you know, otherwise you're going to get in trouble or what? something. Yeah, it was some, I feel like it was a scare Bullshit. tactic or whatever. Yeah. So, because they didn't want to deal with it. Right. <laughs> so, oh my God, this house. It was so daunting and overwhelming. Did she own it or did she? Yeah, yeah, she owned, she owned it. it. Yeah. And it took months. You to, had to clean it. Yes. To empty it all out. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. There was so much shit in there. I've never seen so much stuff in my life, like in one place, in one place. Did you just have to hire a big dumpster? Or <laughs> you... No, we did it our, ourselves. But I mean, like, how did you? Well, the see, like, the dumpster was really expensive, and we were trying to be resourceful. So, you know, we there was like stuff we donated. Um, you and Max, or what? No, my mother and myself. She was she was willing to get rid of it. Well, it was a struggle at first. You know, we were like pulling yeah. things. You know, Out like I would hands. throw things away, and she would like go back and pick them up. And uh, and then finally, she came around. Like the more we did it, the the easier it got for her. And the more right. we did it, the more I understood her, like her position and Connection her Connection to the items or why yeah, she was... Yeah, of course. And of course, in everything she's been through, like I can't imagine like having been through all of that and then creating this environment for myself where A I safe felt place. safe. Yeah. Safe place. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then having somebody tell you you're not allowed to be there. Right. So 
So, so I, you know, I became like more compassionate and more understanding. And then the more, more I understood, the more and more she was willing to let go of things. So that was nice. Yeah. A good meeting. Yeah. In yeah, between. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. So you got the house cleaned out. Felt so good. Is she back in the house? No. Done. That, that house. It's gone. Yeah. 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 It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure it felt good. To release that. Yeah. Get rid of yeah, it yeah. And not yeah. be there. Yeah. Exactly. So you had to quit the job to work on this. Yeah. Then, but it pushed you into. Totally. So it was sort of silver lining. Right. Right. Because now, um, you know, I, I did have that nice cushion and, but now I feel like, well, I really have to push my, my work. Has it, so it has it pushed you in the studio? Like, yeah. You feel like you're working harder? Yeah. I feel it maybe being less shy about like, do you want to buy this? You know, whereas I before. Know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I have no qualms about that, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, I am broke. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, like... No, no, it's like... You I'm... know what? I need the fucking money. I've got a family. I've got mouths to feed, motherfucker. <laughs> and no, it's really pushed me in that. And I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that it has. It's not a bad thing it's to be hungry bad, for right, stuff. Right, right. And it's like, I, I have to stop being shy about like, oh my goodness, this is what I made. You work Don't hard. You make it. really good work. People should see Thank it. Thank you. I was saying to you the other night, somebody mentioned to me that they... Somebody had seen your work someplace and it was being copied by someplace. I don't believe that. I totally believe no. that. No, I do. So let's talk about we, okay, so we went through the production, you get it out there, you sold, and then all of a sudden you have to like release and then get back on to the next, okay, I guess yeah. I need to design again right away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's how it works. When do people, this idea of like copying in the fashion industry or like taking other people's, uh, Sort of creative capital. You mean like um, those large? We were talking about this the other night with a large brand. Right. That does this often that you can't stop anybody from doing it. No, I know. I know. So what happens? Is it just sort of a known thing? Like you've got to get it out there and like splash it wide so that like as many people can see it as possible and know it's you? I guess. But then there's um, a group of people that really don't care, do they? Well, like who gives yeah. a shit because we're bigger and we exactly. got a lot of Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the, yeah, it's so unfortunate. But part of me feels like no one owns anything anymore. And everything we're, everything is so visible and it's instant. And I, I, no. I almost feel like it's a, <laughs> like it's really just a race now. I think it is a race, but I also think like, yeah, you do own, you do have some ownership of that creative capital. Right. I mean, I'd like to think that, but then companies like as the one you mentioned come along and then make you feel like you don't. Yeah. I had a piece that was in New York city at uh, Socrates sculpture park. Mm -hmm. And I had a really famous artist come and see the piece and he donated money to the park. And he was very, he was a participant. I had a, a really big curator really nicely came and did a studio visit with me. The, the park set it up and he's like, Oh, I know this artist. And said hey have you seen this and he goes yeah i've seen it like i've already been out there da, da, da. so it was like a, he he knew of it very well i saw him there while i was building it said hi to him and everything else and then later he does a movie and in the movie there's essentially i made this big piece with a car like a golden trans am and in his work is this golden trans am and i think about it and it's i don't it doesn't bother me in the least bit i think i look at it as sort of a if i had influenced them in any way that he wanted to use it in his own work and sort of push that in a new direction because it was completely separate. The content of what he was doing was completely separate from what I was doing. But the idea that somebody like that would look at what I was making and sort of find value in it was right. very, I liked it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, I had plenty of pictures of mine like being there while I had it. <laughs> with dates on with it. With dates on it and be like, I didn't do it second. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like fashion's a sort of a bitter pill on that yeah, type of thing though, right? It's yeah. not that nice. No, not that nice. That's money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is money. Exactly. It's money out of your pocket yeah. for somebody else. So what basically what do you like what you're making your collection, you're doing your your two seasons. Where do you go from here with the line? How do you push it forward? Do you do more sales? Do you get more distributors like you have in Japan? Yeah, How does it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just more exposure, getting into more stores, I guess. Yeah. E-commerce. Do you sell online? No. A little. <laughs> a little. My website is made with like sticks and stones. So <laughs> so if you try to buy anything, it's going to charge you for something else. Well, get that fixed. <laughs> What are you doing? Get that fixed. <laughs> oh, but see, why would I get that fixed? Like that would mean that <laughs> that would mean money. <laughs> That's true. Like you got to have money to make it. To make money. No, no. Yes. I'm, I'm, I am. I am yeah, working I know, on a yeah, website. You have incredibly wonderful work. Thank you, Jason. No, it's really, it's remarkable. It looks good on people. I think when people wear it, it makes them feel good. And you can tell that. It just, it wears well, people feel good buying it, and you are, you yourself are really special. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Bye. Bye. Bye.